Hey everybody, this is Phasm and you're listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. On today's episode, we have Heather Love. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Yeah? Really well. Yeah. Got a little cold, but we're getting through it. Awesome. Um, So, Heather, what's your day job? My day job is running the Burnt Inn down on 9th Street. Awesome. getting my butt handed to me every day. (laughs) (laughs) That's usually what I do. Yeah? Yes. And and so, the Burnt End Barbecue is um, how old now? We are seven months. We had a little bit of an issue in December with um, some hood rebuilding that we had to do, so we had to close down for about 10 days. We reopened in January, and we've been going strong since. It's actually better than it was when we first opened. Cool. Hood rebuilding. What is that? Not ghetto, but... (laughs) No. It is... um, we had to go through a second story, and when we first built it, we did not build it for the volume in which we thought we were going to go through. And so we went through a lot more, and we had to upgrade very quickly so we didn't have to close through summer. We chose to do it in the winter. Okay. Because summer's going to be our big season, so we obviously want to keep open during then. Cool. Okay, so let's get into your past. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Where, yes? where were you born? Um, I was born in L.A., Okay. And I moved to Waterford when I was maybe kindergarten and then have lived up here ever since. Okay. Well, graduated from Downey and then um, went to culinary school, moved around a lot, cooking and that sort of thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. Slow <laughs> down. <laughs> sorry. You're, go- you're going too fast. Sorry, sorry. Okay. No, okay. it's okay. Um, so you, you went to high school here. Yes. And then after, you went to which school? Downey? Um, I went to Downey. Okay. Yeah, I went, graduated from junior high school at La Loma, and okay. then graduated high school at Downey. Okay. And then um, I went to culinary school in the Bay Area, my first culinary school. Then I went to a, the CIA um, in St. Helena, and then I went to barbecue school in Georgia. And nice. I really like education, apparently. Education. <laughs> it helps. Um and then traveled around, went to Hawaii, been to Vegas, lived in Reno, cooking, just trying to, you know, get my chops in where I could. And I worked for great chefs. I worked for crappy chefs and just trying to learn it all. And after I went to Maui, I had a great experience. I learned a lot. I worked for a master chef, one of about 100 in the world. And um, he was the only one on island, and I worked directly under him and learned so much, learned more about cooking than I ever could have staying here in town. So everything I brought back, I wanted to bring back to Modesto, that craziness, the beautifulness, and everything that I loved about my job, I wanted to bring back to Modesto. So you studied under a master chef. Yes. What is a what is a master chef like? What ma- what does it require? A master chef is a, a black belt. It basically, okay. um, and he's a European master chef. So a master chef is is that better than an American? Master it's it's a chef? lot. It's a lot harder test. Oh, okay. It's a test that you actually have to perform. Um, in Europe, it's actually more instead of a test, it's more of a journey you take. Mm. And then at the end of this journey, you are either a master chef or you're not. They don't have culinary schools in Europe, um, Australia, you go to work for a chef, 
and they either tell you if you're good enough or you're not good enough. Mm. Um, this gentleman, you know, did his time in, in Sweden and Germany and um, came up in that system and and qualified to become a master chef in Europe, which is a lot more difficult than, than to do in America. America is about a seven-day test. Europe, it's like four or five years long. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the one in America is super hard also, and if you're an American certified master chef, then you are the bomb anyway. But this guy was just amazing. He was the executive chef for Four Seasons in Singapore, and then the executive chef for the Four Seasons in Maui. He, oh my God. Yeah, he was amazing. And so he opened up two restaurants, and I got to run one of them, and then he ran the other one. Awesome. What were the restaurants? Uh, Taverna, it's an Italian restaurant, and then Cow Pig Bun, which is a southern gastropub. The barbecue place is the one that I ran. Mm-hmm. And we did. I did that for a couple of years, and then that's why I wanted to come back here. I realized that Modesto was much lacking, not in the restaurant scene. Modesto has great restaurants. I think that Modesto is very underrated for their restaurants. I think they have a lot of good cooks here. I just consider myself a cook. I don't consider myself like this big fancy chef. Even with my degrees, even with my education, even with my experience, I'm just still a cook. And Modesto has great cooks here. Um, when I went to Maui, I realized that great cooks could, could, could can succeed in a weird environment. And Modesto is about as weird environment as you can get when it comes to that. So I figured if I could succeed in Maui, I could succeed here. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What are the What are the similarities of of Hawaii, when you were in Hawaii and here? Is there any? You know, there's a few similarities. Um, I think my the biggest thing I noticed the difference as difference of is my view. Like I viewed, I was on a golf course overlooking the ocean in Maui. Wow. Right now I, I view Ninth Street and the bus station. Um, so it's a little <laughs> bit, it's a little bit different. So when you take the... That's why one of the first things you did was have a mural painted. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I got to beautify this up a little bit. Um, no, so that's what people notice as the main difference. Oh, it's a different setting. It's a different this. But everything else is the same. People still love food. People still yeah. love being treated properly we had the restaurant that i had um serviced more locals than it did tourists like my restaurant is where all the chefs came at night i stayed open the latest um mine is where they all the chefs at night would come and drink and and hang out and we would tell our stories and you know go oh my gosh this happened or oh my gosh that happened that's still the same i still all the people are the same no matter where you go you you want that hospitality. That's mm-hmm. why I got into this business. My dad had a restaurant in Modesto. What um, restaurant did your dad? My dad had Howdy's. Okay. And it was on Ninth Street. Um, it was, I'm 822 Ninth Street. I think he was 924 Ninth Street. Um, and it sits where Brendan sits now. They bought him out to build okay. Brendan. Wow. So my dad had I remember rest- the old mill cafe. That, you remember that? I do. Yeah. yeah, it was down there by by Kansas before they built the yeah, uh, the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So my dad's was a couple blocks up from that. That's where we would have breakfast in the morning before there. And not, I would ask you guys, you guys know more than me. Uh, I would say not a day goes by that we don't get customers from my dad's oh, restaurant. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Thomas. His mom came in today and she's like, soon as he told me I was he was working for you I go I know her dad so everybody like it is so crazy because my dad was downtown and we still have the same guys and girls 
down here running Modesto that was running Modesto 30 years ago when my dad was here. <laughs> so who do you have here with you for the listeners? <laughs> I have my... You guys begin to the mic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I have my lovely, um, my front of house manager, which is Zach and Kevin, and they both basically... Zach runs our front of house. Actually, he kind of manages the whole thing because I can't keep my head on straight. Um, I work 17 to 18 hour days. And so these two pick up the slack. These two do everything that I can. So Kevin and Zach uh, are my right and left hands right now. So And morally supportive more than I could ever explain. (laughs) I'm very tired right now. They kind of just prop me up in a corner and go, shake your head, chef. And I go, okay. (laughs) So I shake my head and I go, okay, I got this. So I wanted to ask you about your time in Georgia. You said you went to barbecue school? I did, yes, in Georgia. Myron Mixon. He is um, a huge, I know maybe it was last year or maybe the year before, he was the number one pit master in the world. Mm. Um, he won the title in Australia. And um, he does the pit masters on t- TLC. His son has a, a show on Food Network. And when I went to research. Um, I went to the number one culinary school in the world and I went to the number two culinary school in the world and I graduated from both. So when I went to research barbecue, I wanted to know who's the best. Um, There's a lot of great barbecue people out there. There is a ton. And I steal from every one of them. You always steal from someone and there is so many amazing barbecue people out there that I stole from. Um, But I knew that Myron was the one that I wanted to learn under. Mm. I knew his attitude, he doesn't give a shit. And that's basically how, I mean, I do. I care so much about food, but it's all the other superfluous stuff that I don't care too much about. Um, He's the same way, we have the same personalities. I went and hung out on his farm. I just sat there with him and his kids and we just cooked. And we had 20 fires and four pigs and cows and we just cooked for days and days and days and froze my butt off and cooked but the stuff i learned from him i could have never have learned in culinary school the best culinary schools in the world could not teach me what he taught me which is amazing because i've learned from master chefs it's so funny that a simple barbecue guy can teach someone who has some of the greatest education in the world stuff it's amazing what he knows his mind is he pretends to be like this gruff and oh i just do this because i need to he's an amazing amazing barbecue person and i'm grateful to learn from him yeah i mean barbecue seems like this subculture of culinary yes where it's kind of like street smarts almost you know and there's you know fine finessing that you can't i mean they always say it's the love that you put into barbecue but you know yeah it's, it, it's definitely been a labor of love for me. I've had to learn how to not be perfect. I came from the fine dining world. I mm. came from St. Helena. Um, I was the executive chef at Chateau Montalena, which is one of the oldest wineries in California. Um, I know how to do fine dining. When I started in Maui, I realized that, um, that fine dining wasn't in my soul. I, as much as I loved it, I loved going out there and getting burnt and cutting myself up and digging in the fire and digging in the coals and coming back with black hands that roughness that um 
just that being into it. So many chefs nowadays, and I love them. I love all kinds of cooking, but it's become so chemistry. It's become so technique. It's become so, not technique, technique's still good. It, it, it's become so exact that the first couple of weeks when I opened the barbecue place, I had trouble sending food out because it wasn't perfect. It didn't mm. have the perfect garnish. It didn't have all of this. Now I realize people don't want that. The, the more fancy I try getting, the less people want it. The, when I be myself and I'm rough and I go out there and I tell the fighters, firefighters, F you, or I tell a cop, <laughs> oh, cute outfit. And they laugh at me because I call them their, you know, their outfits. That's me. That's my roughness. That's me loving my food. That's me going out. I try to touch every table, bad or good. If they have a good comment or a bad comment, I try to touch every table and get to know all my customers. My customers think they know me. They do know me a lot. I put on a show, yes, but it's me. Mm -hmm. It's me. You know, we, 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 we joke at the restaurant because they come in for a dinner and a show because it's usually me behind the line just, like, screaming profanities at people. <laughs> and, um, and they can vouch for yeah. that. You know, I have people come in. And if you're offended, I'm very, very sorry, but this is kind of what we – people love it. They come in and they joke and, you know, I can go out and – talk with a table and these guys get a 40% tip and you know when nor normally you get a 20% yeah. tip you know so it's all part of just loving what I do you know the barbecue I love the barbecue I love the roughness I love that women don't do it I love that I'm out there I pick up 250 pounds of meat you know like it's nothing and just throw it around not many women could do that yeah that's crazy yeah <laughs> so how did you come up with the name the burn end um it came from the bitter end, in all honesty. So I thought, <laughs> I thought that um, I wanted to be edgy. Like I, like I wanted to be edgy, and I wanted something different. But I wanted it to play on what we were doing. So I, um, I told, I told my husband, I was like, I'm gonna fight to the bitter end to figure out this name. And he's like, oh, the bitter end's a cute name for a bar because it has bitters and stuff. Mm. And I was like, well, the burnt end has, that's a culinary term, we should do that. And it kind of just, no one knew what the burnt end was. We have to explain it to people, which is great because when they come in, that gives us the opportunity to educate. I don't ever want to educate my customers. I'm like, oh, you should eat this or how you should eat. But I love educating them on something they, ha they don't know about. And the burnt ends is something they don't know about. So we explain our different types of burnt ends that we have and are able to explain where they come from a cow and educate people on food. I think that's the one thing that Modesto is missing is the education of food. Mm, that's a good point. You know, it's, you, you, everyone knows what a prime rib is. Everyone knows what a filet mignon is. But do you know what it takes to get that filet mignon? Do you know what part of the meat that comes from? When people come into our restaurant and they go, what's a burnt end? We go, it's a side of your beef. And it comes from the part. We cut off the point. Here's the flap. And explain it. And people leave going, oh my gosh, I actually know what a burnt end is. And I like it. Yeah. So it, it tends to give us that opportunity. Cool. All right. So do you live in Modesto? I do. Yes. What area of Modesto do you Be live in? Behind Davis. Okay. Yeah. Over in the Northgate area. Okay. So what's your favorite thing about Modesto? <sighs> the people. Okay. I still love the people here. Yeah. My best friends still live here. You know, um, I still have the frames, same friends from college, same friends from high school. Um, I would say not a week goes by that I don't get two or three visitors from people from high school. 
I mean, constantly on top of my dad's restaurant, you know, oh my gosh, it's like a high school reunion every afternoon. And yeah, I might've graduated a long time ago, but it's still nice to see these people and to them to come in. I have people come in that are 70 years old and go, I sold your dad a gold Cadillac once. It was my dad. My dad was into cars. He bought all kinds of cars and you know, they'll come in and a 70 year old man tell me about my dad's gold Cadillac, which I remember as a kid. But the, the fact that this man remembers my dad from his food and then comes in to see me because of my food and then tells me a story that I didn't know how my dad got that Cadillac. I didn't know why it was here. I didn't know why my brother still drives it. You know, there's all these weird things that come along with it. And, and So listeners, keep your eyes out for a gold Cadillac. <laughs> gold Caddy, yeah. <laughs> yep, a gold Caddy. Um, so, yeah, the... It, it's, it's cool to see stuff like that. I, I get customers that come in that go, oh, um, you know, your dad's restaurant in Manteca, I did the logo for him, and that was 30 years ago. And they're like, you know, they still come in because we serve my dad. Literally on the menu, it says dad's chili. Mm-hmm. On Tuesdays, we have chili dog specials because that's what my dad's was. It, it, it's just the people that, that are still here. You know, I mean, there's good and bad, but overall, the people keep me here. Yeah. So... When you go out to eat, yes. <laughs> what's your favorite food joint? Thai house. Yeah. That's my, I will eat Thai house seven days a week. It does not bother me. And McDonald's breakfast. I eat McDonald's breakfast seven days a week. Just they're the ones that have to go send people for it. <laughs> so yeah, I will eat McDonald's breakfast every single day in Thai house every night. Besides that, I don't eat. I, I just have to give you kudos for admitting that. <laughs> I will send friends like pictures. I'll be like, oh my God, I like trained with the best chefs in the world. I've gone to the best culinary schools. I've worked for the best chefs out of all these degrees and I still eat McDonald's breakfast every day for breakfast. <laughs> I don't know why, I just have to. <laughs> oh my gosh. But no, the restaurants at Modesto are great. I love Dews. I know it changed ownerships recently. Um, I love Dews, Commonwealth, Church Key. They all have a great thing going. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Bowers, Bauhaus. Those are amazing. Bauhaus, just the fact that they're trying that in Modesto just amazes yeah. me. I'm so proud of them for just trying that. Yeah. You know, and they come in and Tony and I have known each other for a while. Um, and Ty will come in, but just the fact that they're trying that, that is kudos to them, man, for trying that. Cause that shit's hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, I do the same thing day in and day out and that's hard for me, but they're trying something that just in Modesto hasn't really, you know, been successful so far. <laughs> Will be right back. I'm Fernando Barrosio. I'm Andrew Mendoza. I'm Jairo Lomeli. And we are Valley Wolf. And you're listening to Modesto Reboot Podcast. Hi, this is Julie Shear. You're listening to Modesto Reboot. And now back to Modesto Reboot. Well, I remember, gosh, it's probably months ago now, seeing you post something about skewers when they moved. Yes. And that you were just kind of like, I don't know, social media high five in them. Yeah. And I thought, this is awesome. This is, I, I like seeing restaurants that are quote unquote in competition, complimenting each other. And like, you've explained a little bit your take on that. And especially from like you were saying your time in Hawaii, tell us, tell the listeners what you were talking about as far as like the difference of the support system. Yeah. So the reason I did that. You know, I did it with skewers. Um, I think we did it with Harvest Moon. Anywhere, one thing, 
you can't eat barbecue every freaking day. I mean, I love barbecue. I can't eat it every day. I mean, granted, we do have customers that come there's, in. There's all these you. other choices like McDonald's. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, how can you pass a McDonald's? No. Um, and I want to give that shout out to people. Not in Hawaii. I'll start in the beginning. In Hawaii, um, it's so many people. There's millions of people there that don't know anything about the island they're there to visit or they come once a year and think they know all this stuff about the island and it's great it's it's great to have tourists that they make a lot of money but in maui we were such a small percentage you know a million visitors versus a hundred thousand residents and of those hundred thousand residents you know 90 95 plus of us were were hospitality people so we had to stick together because we knew we knew what it took to survive in that area. And Hawaii is still the Wild West. People go out there and when people are on vacation, it's, it's like nothing like their normal life. They, they treat people differently. They, they party too much. They drink too much. They eat too much. They treat people crappy and are surprised when all the locals don't like them. <laughs> you know, And not everybody, that's not true. Um, we got a lot of good customers. So, so my restaurant on Island serviced the service industry. I mean, mm. we did get some locals in, but my restaurant had chefs. My restaurant had the service people. My, had, my restaurant had the waiters afterwards because we were the open latest. Maui rolls up their sidewalks about 9 o'clock. I stayed open till 1. Mm. So after all the other restaurants shut down, they went to my restaurant. So we could hear, we could discuss, we could talk about oh my gosh, the demands of what was happening. And we realized, and before I ever got there, they long, I had nothing to do with it, but they realized that that support system was needed. They realized that in order for the island to support a million visitors constantly, that they had to have a support system. And they became their own support system. Mm. Um, we had fundraisers for people that, that stuff happened to them. When people's restaurants got affected, other restaurants stepped in and took care of them. When someone, when I couldn't get a food delivery, the Four Seasons delivered food to my restaurant. Wow. And that's just unheard of here. I'm not going to call Doubletree and go, you guys, I'm out of burgers and I need a hundred of them. Can you help me? And I, No. The Four Seasons literally dropped off in their van food to my restaurant so that I could survive. Wow. Because it... The one thing also about an island is that you don't get deliveries constantly. You can't just depend on something. If there's a hurricane, if there's an embargo, we had shipping embargoes that started happening and we couldn't get shipments in. A plane crashes, um, a, a ship crashes. Any of those things affect us tremendously. When we were going through the hurricanes, I didn't have running water in the restaurant. We had to bring in boiled water and, and bottled water. So when you go through dire straits of, of sorts, I guess mm -hmm. you want to call that, you tend to be, build the support system. And Maui has a great support system. We had events that would support three restaurants in one event, and none of them really have anything to do with each other. It's just the fact that they knew that if we support you, you'll support us, they'll support them. Mm -hmm. um, we had great events. And, and when <clears throat> I left Maui, I came back home for, for my husband's health reasons. But when I left Maui, the one thing I thought of is like, I'm going to go home, I'm going to open a restaurant, and I'm going to do what we did there because that was amazing. I've never had six chefs come in and help me because I had a fire in my restaurant. I've never had 
or to help anybody, not because I had the fire, excuse me, because someone else had the fire. I've never had six chefs go and go, we're going to clean this up and help you because we need you to be running because you make us better. Mm -hmm. Because you serving your food makes me serve better food. Because that food is so damn good over there, I knew I need to keep my ass up. Because if I don't, they're going to serve more people than I will. And it became a friendly competition. You know, people would drop off bond meats to me and I would drop off barbecue to them. And that's kind of what the Thai house and I do. I think why I love, love the Thai house. Those girls there are crazy. Um, <laughs> but we have that support system, you know, like I'll drop off barbecue to them. They'll give me fried rice or whatever it is that I want. And, and that's what I wanted to do with skewers. That's what I wanted to do with any place we go in I try to take pictures when we go to taco trucks I try to take pictures and support look at you can't have barbecue every day we have to support every restaurant down here if we don't support the restaurants down not only us if church key didn't exist if commonwealth didn't exist if dues didn't exist I would not have a place downtown mm. because there would be no point for me to be down there because if all these places didn't already make the path I wouldn't exist do you feel like Modesto's kind of developing the downtown into a food district? Better than they were. Yeah. Um, I, what do you think it would take to make it? I think there needs to be some sort of restaurant associate. Not, I don't want to say association, but something where restaurant owners and chefs or whatever kind of have a group that we go, this would make downtown better. We should put on an event like this. I, and I know there's lots of events that Tresetti's and Seth puts on, but they're usually like this, these lone events. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if more restaurants banded together, we can make downtown a great thing. Up until a couple of years ago, they wouldn't even turn on the damn lights down, the, you know, the little sparkly light things because there wasn't enough people down here. One street had the lights, and now we have like three streets that have lights. And I know that sounds stupid, but it, it used to only be 10th Street, but now it's like 10th and J and further down, Ralston's Goat coming in. All these restaurants, they're trying to make a difference. And, and it's freaking hard here in Modesto. It is hard. People don't want to pay the prices that they pay in the Bay Area because it's Modesto. When people come to Modesto as tour, tourists or visitors, they're not going to pay Bay Area prices. I understand that the other restaurants understand that here so we don't quite make the money that maybe some bigger restaurants do so it's hard for us individually to just knock it out of the park every single time but I think if we banded together as restaurants and said look we're gonna have this or hey we support each other I know that when someone comes in they go oh you guys are closed we close at three on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Sundays you know what though? This place is open. This place is open. I've had their food. I've had their food. And then I can recommend those mm -hmm. to people because without that, if we are just alone, I cannot survive as a lone barbecue place all by myself. But what I can do is survive in a group of restaurants that are downtown that people make a point to come down to. There's 17 restaurants downtown within walking distance of Gallo. Great. We have 17 choices now. We used to have two. You know, you got Tresetti's and if you were lucky, another place might be open. You know, and now there's all kinds of places i know dues move further away but it's still there it's still close enough you know and i i think that we would all do better banding together and supporting each other instead of going that's my customer don't take them yeah. it's like dude you can only eat so much barbecue i know i can only eat so much barbecue i get that yeah so and you were talking about visitors to modesto um tell us what you were talking about the other day when you were kind of 
yeah, keeping on track of yeah, yeah of like who was from where in your restaurant. Yeah, that that amazed me because I I try to touch table touching tables obviously a hospitality term where you go out and talk to your customers, and these guys being my front of house know me better than most, but I do try to touch most tables. You yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yay, thank you. Um, so yeah, I try, I try to touch tables and go out and talk to them. So Sunday was our third week of having our Sunday buffet where we kind of just put out an assortment because people are afraid of barbecue. I didn't realize how afraid of barbecue people were until I started talking to them. And they go, we don't even know where your prices are. They get so tied up in the words on the menu that they can't see our prices because barbecue, it like freaks people out. So I tried to go out there and talk to them and the Sunday buffet was, because it was only about our third week, I wanted to get some feedback. Not one group I talked to was from Modesto. Hmm. Not one. We had, what did I say? Concord, North Carolina, Sweden, Sweden, Sweden. Portland. Mm-hmm. The very last group of 11 people came in. Two of them were from Modesto and he was bringing his family down because it was $20, fairly inexpensive, all you could eat barbecue. And he's like, yeah, let's try this out. And that was the only group from Modesto. Everybody else was from either out of town, out of state, or out of country. Which amazed me because everyone says, oh, Modesto is not a tourist area. What people don't know is we have some of the biggest agriculture things here in Modesto. You know, we we have the largest winery in the world in Modesto. You know, yeah, they may not be like all these fancy wineries that you get in Napa and stuff, but Gallo is huge. People still come here to check out Gallo. Um, you know, some other things pull them here also that maybe not be as great, but for the, the general people, they come here to see things that we as Modesto people don't realize even matter, you know, like Gallo, we just take Gallo for, you know, like, oh, for granted, yeah, it's Gallo, we are here, we grew up with Gallo, they're always here, and people are like, did you know that Gallo is the most producer, I was like, oh yeah, I forget about that, you know, and people find that interesting. And we forget that there are touristy things here that people can see because we're so stuck at, oh, this is Modesto. And it's not just Modesto. I didn't spend thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars on education and touring the world and learning to cook all these things to come back to Modesto and go, eh, it's Modesto. I'm going to put out some crappy food and hopefully they'll like it. You know? (laughs) No, it's people like you that are, you know, bringing... The name Modesto up, you know. From, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, have you ever met anybody famous? Yes. <laughs> Do I go down the list? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've met Are a, they all chefs? Um, yes, all chefs. Um, I worked for Morimoto, Masahari, Masahari Morimoto. I worked for Roy Yamaguchi. Um, I met Bobby Flay, Duff Goldman, um, Graham Elliott. I, I was a celebrity chef at the Hawaii Food and Wine Festival. So any, you know, I was up there with the rest of them. I was a celebrity chef in Hawaii because celebrity chefs in Hawaii are hard to come by. <laughs> um, so my restaurant was very popular in Hawaii. It was the only bourbon bar in Maui. So it became very popular. Um, so they did choose me to be a celebrity chef there. So there I got to meet a lot. I was um, a top rising chef in Napa Valley. So that's when I got to meet Bobby Flay. He put on an event for the top rising chefs. I was one of 10 of them. Um, that's super cool. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Um, you know, baked cakes with Duff uh, Goldman. I can't even talk right now. Cold yeah. medicine. Um, 
Yeah, I've done a lot of stuff. That's that's what I like about doing this podcast is like now if somebody's listening to this and then they go to your restaurant, they know what's yeah. gone gone into like your education and your yeah. experience and all this background of I, Man, this is this has been a, a lifelong journey to get you here. Yeah, some people see me and they go, Oh, she's a girl chef and she just opened a restaurant six months ago. Um, they don't see that I've been doing this for 20 years and I've broke my back and I've busted my ass doing this and I've made a name for myself and I brought that name back to Modesto. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it sounds like, Oh, you know, like braggy or whatever. No, but but yeah, it's, it it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, I, I came back to Modesto because I thought I could offer something that had that hasn't been brought here before. Yeah, there's lots of, like I said, good cooks, good chefs here in Modesto. Sort of amazing that he's opening a third restaurant. I'm just blown away by him. That's that's just freaking amazing. Um, but I felt like I could bring something that maybe Modesto was lacking. And, and you know, is it that celebrity thing? No, of course not. But what it is is that I went out and learned a whole bunch of crap, and now I'm bringing that back to go like, oh, my gosh, I could help. Well... We're all very thankful that you did. Thanks. (laughs) Do you have any life motto or quote that you live by or like? Um, You know, I I don't. That's okay. Well, I have like this really weird thing that I have written down. And only because when my dad died, my dad died... um, a long time ago and I always thought oh my god I'm gonna cook with my dad I'm gonna cook with my dad someday and I did I worked in his restaurants I I grew up as a dishwasher like I was at 16 put in the dish pit and said work your ass off and then we'll see if you could actually cook or not um, you know I did that for years my teenage years into adulthood then I my dad finally let me cook like my dad was a great cook a great he never went to culinary school he never did any of that. He was the youngest restaurateur in California. He opened his first restaurant at 17 in Hayward, the Pancake House. And at that time in 1959, whatever it was, he was the youngest restaurateur in California. Wow. Uh, and I always wanted to follow in his footsteps. I always just thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then he died when I was in my 20s. And so he never got to see me cook. I was making a point to this story. I have cold medicine on board. I'm so what do you, sorry. You, it's okay. <laughs> the medicine is kicking it in. It is kicking in. Sorry. You were going to say what you had um, written. What I had written? Yeah. For uh, your quote. Life oh, my life motto. That's a frick. That's what I was thinking of. So, anyways, when my dad died. This is the lady that makes your barbecue. <laughs> now, when my dad died, I got this sidetracked. This is the lady on cold medicine. This is the lady on a lot of cold medicine right now. Uh, when my dad died, I finally went to culinary school and I finally started cooking. And I was so sad that my dad never got to say, see this that I kind of went into a state of depression. Mm. And I kind of backed off cooking and I got like a normal person, I call a normal person's job, which is like a nine to five job, which is just not my gig. Um, And I became really depressed and I read this quote and it said, she remembered who she was and that changed the game. Mm. And soon as I saw that, I was like, what the hell am I doing working a nine to five job? Like I'm used to having calluses on my hands and cuts and burns and here my hands are pretty and manicured and I have nails and I'm wearing makeup and that's just not me 
and I realized I realized who I was and that changed everything within two weeks um, I moved to the Bay Area I got an executive chef position I started working at a wine spectator I started doing everything that I knew that my dad knew I could do and that there was no reason for me not to do it just because he wasn't here it just that's rad yeah that's so super cool. that's that's what so that was my quote that was the quote. Yeah. I was like how did I get from my dad to a damn quote but that's how <laughs> that's how you do it <laughs> all right so Heather tell us your hours for the restaurant oh our hours we are closed Monday Tuesday and Wednesday we are open 11 to 3 for lunch um, Thursday Friday Saturday 11 to 7 and then Sunday our buffet 11 to 3 Okay, and your address one more time? 822 9th Street. Awesome. With the big murals on the sides. Yes. And no signage, just big murals. Well, you have <laughs> we the have mural one. stuff on the other side. Yeah, too, that's that, true a little bit. We yeah. should really work on our signage, though. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's your social media? Uh, on Instagram, you can follow us at the underscore burnt underscore N. Um, on Twitter, we're TV Modesto. And then on Facebook, we are the Burnt End Modesto. Modesto. Wow. Also, our website, uh, it's new. We're still working on it. www.theburntend.net. It's a good thing you brought back up today. Yeah. I was like, oh. Because <laughs> he's, yeah, they are, like I said, my right and left hand. Just be aware that we are a little more edgier than most. Okay. Um, it may be more a little, I want to say explicit, but I would say yeah. that. Um, if, you, if you're planning to bring young ones, just be prepared. Yeah. You know, we scream and yell a lot. It's definitely a dinner and a show. No, excuse me. I scream. Yes. And then I yell a lot. <laughs> and then they go, okay. And then they go, you need to calm down. And I go, okay. And then they fix it. <laughs> it's mostly, like, if you ever see that uh, over-temperamental chef on TV, yeah, that's me for, like, most of the day. <laughs> But they love me, right? It's true. We do. Okay. <laughs> I try to be really good to my employees because I'm crappy most of the time. <laughs> I think they love you. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> well, Heather, thanks so much for being on the show. With that, we'll wrap it up. But again, thanks for coming on and super excited for you and just proud of you for coming back here to Modesto and sharing all of the tools of the trade that you've learned and brought back here to share with us. So thanks again. Well, thank you. First of all, we were excited to do it because obviously I talked to you. I'm a total art geek and I love all that. So, you know, when the first time I ever talked to you, I was like, oh my God, you're so great. Um, thank you for doing what you do. I know that, you know, between the art murals and the, the battles and this now, this is just amazing. I'm so happy with the reboot and just everything that you're trying to do for Modesto from someone who has lit, although I've lived other places, I've owned my home in Modesto for 22 years, the same exact home. I live in the same exact neighborhood. I have the same, literally my neighbors built my house in 1964. Um, I love Modesto and the fact that you are doing all this just makes me more proud to, to, to be a part of what we're doing right here. So thank you for having us. We're just, we're really grateful. Thank you so much. Follow us on Instagram at Modesto Reboot, as well as Facebook. Look for the group Modesto Reboot. Please subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. <laughs>